top of hour two. Griff will be with us. Mike Griffith, AJC's Dog Nation, covers Georgia, has another Alabama-Georgia game coming up on Saturday. Gator Dave, hour two. Tomorrow, let me go ahead and plug away. Johnny Crawford will be with us. If you have any video officiating items for Johnny that you want him to disseminate, send them to me so I can go ahead and send them to him. I've got a couple already on his desk that he's going to look at and judge for us. But if you have anything else that you want him to take a look at, Johnny Crawford, long-time SEC official, many decades as an SEC official, send them, and then I'll pass those over there. Charles Arbuckle with us. Buck's been traveling the last couple of weeks, but we have him back. Always good to have him talking college football with us. Buck, I want to go back. A couple of weeks ago, I would have asked you when those rumors hit about Chip Kelly perhaps losing his job, and then, of course, right after that, he he beat Southern Cal handily. Were those rumors legit? Was there anything to that? Yeah, they were legit, Bill. Um, you know, I think there was some uh, – after the way they played against Arizona and Arizona State, I think there were some folks that were not happy with not the def- not the defense but the offense. And the defense has played actually pretty well. De'Anthony Lynn has done a nice job, probably one of their better defenses in the last five to seven years. But offensively, they just weren't getting things done. And against SC, it was a totally different team. And then you come out against a bad Cal team and lay another egg. So I think the SC game probably, you know, made it. It was enough because there was talk before the SC game that they had played poorly that that could happen. And so, yeah, I think there was some legitimate things. Uh, I don't think it was just a, a bunch of fodder for talk, and then you saw all these other jobs that, that become open as well. But that Southern Cal game, did that fix everything? No, I think it, it put uh, mascara on a pig, I think, really. Um, it fixed it in the sense that now they don't have to make any moves. But the concern, I think, Bill, is are they going to continue to play this way? Is Dante Moore – who I think his confidence is shot, going to be able to stay, uh, you know, can they pay him enough in NIL? I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that are just a little bit disconcerting. And, and the one thing is, in this hiring cycle, the one name you kept hearing for UCLA was Jonathan Smith. You know, I don't know how legitimate that was, but I think it was pretty legitimate because he was a, he's a Pasadena guy. He was at Oregon State. He knew that Oregon State wasn't going to go to the next, you know, uh, they were they were not going to have a home, so to speak, in a, as a Power Five conference. So he ended up going to Michigan State. I think there was some legitimate discussion about his name. You know, there were other names that were brought up. I don't know how serious it got. I don't know how far they got along in those discussions. But now you go through another cycle. You're already starting to lose some kids in the recruiting, um, you know, in the transfer portal. And you're going to have to recruit a lot better to go in the Big Ten. I mean, that, that's been the one – I mean, if there's one knock on chip that I've had is that I don't see them recruiting the kind of kids that you're going to have to compete at the Pac-12 consistently. Like, you know, they've won seven, eight games, nine games, but I'm saying win at that top level, you're going to have to go get some of those top kids. And not that his staff doesn't want to, but I don't know if he always does. And they, the way they've done with the transfer portal, they've been pretty successful getting some guys in, uh, some Ivy League guys, some guys that have played one or two years other places and come in and play well. I mean, 
Latu was a UW player who ended up not not sure if he was going to ever play again. He's probably one of the best defenders they've had in, in a decade since the bar, you know, since Barr and Kendricks and those guys. So yeah, I, I it, it's 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 it's, it's, in, it's interesting what's going on at UCLA right now. And I think if you look across the street, the same thing at USC. USC, Bill, if you watch their defense, they don't look like a G5 team from a standpoint of size and girth and the ability to play. So both the L.A. schools look like they're limping into the Big Ten instead of going in there really ready to fire on all cylinders. Ben, some quarterbacks already say they're transferring. Portal begins on Monday. Will Rogers, Mississippi State, Tyler Van Dyke, Miami. There'll be others. Do you think Dante Moore is going to join that group? The way his body language and just how he looked, man, he didn't he didn't look like he had a lot of confidence. And you know, the things that were happening for him as a young kid, it just it didn't he didn't look good from a sense of does he feel comfortable and confident? So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, I hope not because I think he's got a bright future. It's just a matter of you know, since Chip was in these discussions this year, does that mean that'll happen again yes, year, next year? If they don't win, if they win six or seven games, it's going to happen again next year. If they win nine or ten, then that's a different conversation because then they're winning and they're going into Penn State and going to other places that they haven't played before and they're having some success. Charles Buckle with us. Buck, A&M's got their new coach, Mike Elko. Now that had been discussed, not a big shock there. Sounds like they had decided, at least initially, to hire Coach Stoops at Kentucky. Couldn't get the board to approve it because of pressure with social media. But but roundabout way, Elko, I think it's a pretty good hire. Do you? Do you like that hire? I do like that hire. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that this morning. I knew we were going to talk about some of the new hires. If we go back in a year how many of these that we said are good hires actually worked out to be good hires, right? Yeah. But I, I think when you look at Elko, you have to – if you're going to be a Texas A&M head coach, you've got to know the lay of the land there. Uh, even if – you know, he was an assistant. He wasn't a head coach. But he went to Duke and did a really nice job at Duke, I think. Uh, defensive-minded guy, but has enough understanding of having an explosive offense. Uh, will Riley Leonard transfer with them? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different factors, but he knows what he's dealing with at a and it's a, it's a rabid fan base that hasn't won a national championship since 1939 or something like that. And I think they expect to win a national championship every year. Understand. And here's the thing with the Stoop situation. I didn't think that was as good a fit as Elko would be, but I didn't like how all that went down with – it was. It almost reminded me of that same thing at Tennessee. We've seen it over the years where coaches kind of it leaks out there that hey, this is a guy that's coming, and then the people just go absolutely nuts, and they make the decision for the administration and everyone else. I think Elko is the right decision, but I just think the way that happened with AM, I didn't like. I didn't like that at all, and and I think Stoops is in the best place that he's going to be, but I also think Mike Elko ends up landing in a better spot for him as well. Charles Buckle with us. Let's get to some of these championship games. Alabama, Georgia going at it again, Buck. Oh, oh man. You got, you know, you got Jalen Miro finally starting to play like I think Alabama wants him to, right? And it's not always pretty, but they're getting it done. And then Georgia 
they've just been methodical down the stretch. You haven't heard a whole lot about them, but they, they finally look like they got some weapons on the outside. Uh, they got a quarterback who I think, is, you know, is, is playing a lot better than we're giving them credit for. And that defense, just how salty do they stay? Um, you know, both defenses actually have started to play pretty well down the stretch as well. Alabama struggled a little bit against Auburn, but Auburn, I think, threw a lot at them. Uh, I'm interested in this game. I, you know, I, I don't think it's just a cakewalk for Georgia, uh, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be locked into it as well. I mean, Buck, you're talking about dude on dude in this game, right? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, Kirby has been the only one to kind of f- figure out the Nick Saban kryptonite, as well as now uh, Sark, when Sark beats Alabama in, in Tuscaloosa. But Kirby is the one that consistently has been able to, to, to figure out the Rubik's Cube that is uh, Nick Saban because he's got dudes. I mean, he's got dudes that can play now. And uh, even if their their receiving core is not the best, they still get it done. And defensively, man, they just it seems like you look up on tape, like, man, who was this kid? Well, he was the backup to to this guy who was a first-round pick. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> so they've got guys that can play on both sides, man, and it, it's going to be a, a physical, tough, typical SEC knock, your, knock, knock each other around kind of game, and I'm excited about it. Buck? I know the audience wants to hear your thoughts on that Michigan-Ohio State game. Oh, man. Um, well, I, I, I'll say this. Ryan Day, as great a coach as he's been in the Big Ten and beating others, hadn't figured – the last three years has been interesting to see how they've struggled against Michigan. But Michigan, I think, has finally figured out they've got some dudes up front. They've got some guys that can play. And no matter what happens with Harbaugh and all the other – extraneous stuff, they've been able to keep guys focused. That whole Michigan versus everybody, I think Jim almost liked that, right? You know, you sometimes you think, well, this is going to distract the team. No. I mean, you got Sharon Moore who's either going to take the Michigan job when Jim leaves or if Jim stays or if they decide something else, he's got an opportunity to be a head coach. All that crying and everything, you know, I mean, Jim is not – they made themselves to be out <laughs> the victim in this, which is fine. But I think the other thing about it, Ohio State has to be disappointed that they couldn't take advantage of it with the guys that they had this year, especially Marvin Harrison Jr. and some of the others. So I, I just think, you know, you know what's coming at you. J.J. McCarthy has started to really play well for them. And Blake Quorum, Quorum was just phenomenal running the football. And that offensive line, you lose a guy, you still got other guys that can play. So I think that Michigan-Ohio State game was just – it was a great football game to watch. I was getting ready for my FCS champions, uh, playoff game with North Dakota State and Drake, so I was watching it, but I couldn't watch it as intently. But when I went back to watching on tape, man, it was, it was everything that was advertised. Jim and Jupiter says, Bill, ask Buck about Florida. They just – fired two of their assistants on defense, but the defensive coordinator, the young coordinator, Austin Armstrong, gets to stay. He wants to know why is that? Yeah, prob- um, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those situations where they have to have some some guys, guy or two fall on the sword in order for the that guy to stay. And whatever position group has probably played the poorest, which they think would be those two particular assistants, those are the ones that will go. If he decides, no, I can't let those guys go, then he would have gone and the whole staff would have been that way. I think the interesting thing with, with them, 
is that it is interesting to see what's going to happen with that with that ball club. You know, because you've got a you got a guy in Billy Napier who I think is a really good recruiter, a really good coach, but can he overcome some of the things that we've seen in that conference? Uh, you know, now that he's moved to the new conference, he's got a, a five-star quarterback out of Willis, Texas. Can't think of the kid's name, but I saw him on tape, Bill, and he's he's legit. But with all that said, are they going to be able to hold on, and are they going to be able to win enough for Billy Napier to make it? That that's that's what's interesting to me. I have no clue. I just think he better get us turned around right away because if he doesn't, you know, Florida fans aren't going on Stanford. That uh, they're not going to. That's a, they're not going to be a fan base that's going to sit back and wait. And uh, I think that they got to move quickly, and that's probably why you saw those two assistants gone, and they decided to keep the defensive coordinator. Sounds up, Buck, with us, Buck. When I was looking at the spreads for these league championship games, Oregon is favored by almost ten points over UW. How about you that? know what? That 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 shocked me, Bill, because I don't usually look at the spread, but right. Vegas knows something. They always have a have a have something figured out. I will say this. UW hasn't played as well down the stretch, and they've had to really struggle to win games, whereas Oregon has been explosive. But I, I don't see a 10-point differential between those two. If, it, if you had said three or seven, but even the last game that, that Oregon, I mean, Washington played, they were the underdog in that game. Was it that game or the game before? It was something where you were like, yeah. yeah, the game before. And so, like, why? But, yeah, I think Penix – Looked like he was dinged up in the in the last game late, and Washington sometimes refuses to run the football when you think they should. Now they've got some great receivers, man. So it's hard not to get not not to be upset when uh, you know Duze and all the other guys on the outside are making plays. But they're going to have to run the football against Oregon, and Oregon's going to make it tough for them. So I'm interested to watch that game. I don't I don't see it being a ten point game, but. If Oregon wins, man, that, that changes some dynamics in, in people's college football playoffs. Buck, we have about a minute. Since Vince Young and Colt McCoy, for over 10 years, we hear repeatedly Texas is back, and then they disappoint us. They're 11-1. and one. They're playing in the last league championship game that they'll ever be in in that league, right? They're leaving, Oklahoma leaving. Is Texas back? Yeah. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic to say they're back. They look good this year, but I'm not going until I see them in the college football playoff make that next step where they where they have said for years that that's where they want to be. Then I'll then I'll buy into it. So right now I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I'm very tempered in my enthusiasm for Texas just because I I I've grown up with it, man, and I've seen it happen where you think, oh, this team is back, and then they implode. So. I like them, but I got to see more, Bill. Buck, we'll see you next week, sir. All right, man. Take care. There he is. Charles R. Buckle does a fantastic job. Griff at the top of hour two. Gator Dave also in that second hour. Omni Nashville Hotel.